reading this morning comes from Colossians 3, 5 through 11. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. reading of the word today. You may be seated. What a great day to have baptisms. And, and the reason I say that is when you have a baptism, oftentimes you get grandparents and parents and family friends and so on who, who may not normally come to this church, but because it's being done in the church, they come. And then we get to talk about things like Scott just read in chapter 3. Great! Aren't you glad you're here today? Aren't you glad you get to talk about sexual immorality and lying and all these kind of good things? My goodness, by the time you leave this, you're going to be saying to yourself, Why did I even come? What is this? Now, the rest of you, you're used to me. You know that you never know what's going to come out because I never know what's going to come out. So this morning we come, and we come into a very interesting passage that, that Paul decides that he wants to make perfectly clear to us the things that will make a change in our life. Now understand, to change something in our life, we must change something in our life. Does that make sense to you? Let me go over that again. I know that concept's a little difficult for some of us, and it's early. To change something in our life, we must change something in our life. That's almost like Yogi Berra, you know, the New York catcher and some of the sayings that, that he used to say. But how true it is, because some of us, we find ourselves saying, oh, I just want this, I, I want it so badly, but I, I don't want to do anything about it. I, I want this change to take place in my life, but I want to keep doing what I'm doing because I like what I'm doing. Well, if you like what you're doing, then don't change. Well, I know, but I want to have this over here or be like this. Well, if you want that, do something to be that way. No, no, I don't want to. I want that. No wonder God's so confused about us. No wonder we're confused about us. Do you find yourself that way? You know what you want, but you know what you want. You know what you don't want, but you know what you don't want. If only I could have by just saying, I want, I want, I want. You know, this morning, we're going to look at three things here that need to take place in our life if there is going to be change that takes place. See, because with Christ, the same is true. You might say, I want to be a better Christian. Or you might say, I want to grow in my faith. 
Or you might say, I, I really want to walk that narrow path, and yet you have to ask the next question, what must I do then to be able to do that? And that is the difficult question, because even when we know what we are to do, sometimes we don't do it. Sometimes we say, well, yes, but the cost is too great. Yes, but I like walking this way, but I know I need to be walking this other way. Today we're going to look at three things which will help us to change, to become more like what we really want to be. And, and notice I say what we really want to be. That's probably the first question, is what do you really want to be? You have to decide. Are you going to follow this way? And we're going to talk about that in a moment. Or are you going to follow this way? Now, now go with me here. Let's see. I drive down valley till I hit the highway. And then that's 410, right? So I drive west on 410 until I get to the next interchange that tells me whether I want to go to Tacoma or Seattle. And say I, I want to head towards Tacoma because that's the way I know. What's that road then? 512. So I, I go down 512 until I get there where it says turn this way if you want to go to Seattle. And if you go a little further, it says turn this way also, but then it wraps you around if you want to go to Portland. You with me so far? You know where I am right now? This is kind of like our life. Because we come and we say, okay, the plan here is for us to go to Seattle. And, and with this in mind, let me give you the first thing. And that is, and if you have your bullet and you're taking notes, you can fill in the, the line there. New life must have a change of direction. New life must have a change of direction. Now get back with me in my car. I'm thinking I'm wanting to go to Seattle. And I know that if I'm going to go to Seattle that I need to take that first ramp off to the right. But something in my mind says, oh, but wouldn't it be nice to go to Portland? Seattle? Yeah, yeah but Portland? Oh. Now, I can get to the place where I do neither one and just go straight. And what happens when I go straight? Nothing. You are right there where it stops. Then you've got to go either right or left, and you don't get either way. So you can choose in your life just to stay right where you're at and do nothing. But when you do nothing, what do you get? Nothing. And rammed into from behind. Thank you very much. <laughs> and all those horns honking and the people upset with you and... They're making gestures that you don't understand, and, you know, come on, make up your mind, lady, right? Well, she was the one who said that, not me. That was not a sexist comment at all. So I, I want to go to Seattle, but I'm really feeling a tendency to go to Portland. You see... If we are going to change direction, we are to allow ourselves then, in a spiritual sense, to be dead to the old life. 
And that's what Paul's talking about here. He says, you know, first of all, you need direction. You need to decide where you're going. And he says, the Christian, when they receive Christ, they become dead to the old life. Well, just in case there's a question here, Paul puts out what that dead life is. Let's look, if we could, at verse 5. Notice he says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. You know, sometimes we wish he would just stop there. Because when we say earthly nature, then we can say, oh yeah, my earthly nature, I'll put that to death. And we don't have to get specific, and it's easy living life if we don't have to get into the specifics. But Paul knows that, and so he says, okay, let me explain to you. Put to death, therefore, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Oh, my. Why did he have to say those things? It was nice with just earthly nature because it didn't have to be so personal. But he makes it very personal. So I could go through each of these. We want to talk about sexual immorality for a while? Probably not. You know, when I do my premarital counseling, we always talk about sex in the premarital counseling. And I get to that point and I say to them, well, how's your sex life? You know, all of a sudden, the conversation just shuts off. It's kind of like us talking about sexual immorality here in church. What? You're going to do that? The good news is, no, I'm not going to do that. But you know what that is. If you're having to ask a question, if you have a problem in that area, you probably do. All right? Because our tendency is to make excuses to say, oh, no, that doesn't affect me. It's all right for me to look at that side on the computer. You know, that's a big problem today. Big problem. In fact, you know, I'm afraid to go there because I'm afraid that I might really like what I see and then there's no stopping. I'm afraid to go on the computer and look for those sites. Oh, I'm sure I could find them, but I don't want to even try because I know how weak I am. Men, are you with me on that? And some of you men are doing that right now. Oh, I said I wasn't going to talk about this. Never mind. But you get the idea, don't you? Impurity, lust, evil desire. I hate all those things. And then greed. You know, all of these kind of come from greed, don't they? Do you want me to give you some excuses for the greed part? You know, if you go online and, and on a site called Sermon Spice, they, they have excuses for all kinds of things. And here are the excuses to protect yourself or allow yourself this whole idea of greed. First of all is the self-made excuse. And it goes this way. I would share my resources with other people, but I earned everything I have without anyone's help. So everyone else should be able to do the same. I don't owe them anything. You use that one? That works sometimes, doesn't it, to make you feel better about the greed? Or how about number two excuse, the list of demands excuse. 
I will stop being greedy as soon as I have every single thing I ever wanted. <laughs> no, three of everything. No, no, 20 of every single thing I ever wanted. And everything I didn't know I wanted. Then I will stop being greedy. You know what? I want 50 of everything I ever wanted. Does that excuse work for you? Or the last one, who me excuse. I'm not greedy. You are greedy when you want a lot of stuff. But I don't want a lot of things because, because I just want what everyone else has, plus a little more so they know I'm better than they are. <laughs> that doesn't make me greedy, does it? You see, we like to make excuses about all of these things, don't we? We can make excuses about sexual immorality, about impurity, about our lust, about evil desires. We can do that about idolatry. We can make excuses. But somewhere along the line, we have to come to the place where we allow ourselves to be dead to the old life. So we have died with Christ, but we still live in a fallen world. And it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can right ourselves to get ourselves in check. Is that true? Do you, do you understand that? By my own strength, I cannot do what I need to do. I'm human, you know. Oh, there's a good excuse. How about this one? God made me this way. It's all God's fault. Or, if you want to take the other side, the devil made me do it. It wasn't me that did it. It was the devil in me that did it. And yes, I want that devil cast out right now, but I can take no blame. You with me? Have you used some of those every now and then? Somewhere in our life, we have to come to the point where we make the decision that we're going to change direction. And this reverse reminds us that we have a part to play in our walk with God. And that's both good and bad. You know, some of us like to say, God, it's all yours. I can't do it myself, so you just take over and you do it. And if I don't do it right, it's all your fault because I gave you permission to take over and do it. Have you used that excuse? See, I know all these excuses. I've used them before. Some of them work. Some of them don't. Some of them work for a short time. Some of them don't work much longer than that. Or I can come back to them. I forget easily, you know. Probably another excuse, but we need a change of direction. And this change of direction, it would be from self-gratification to pleasing God. You understand that concept? I want to do what I want to do, and I'll do it when I want to do it. Compared to God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Big difference there. Because we can manipulate and play with the first one. But when we say, God, I want to do whatever you want me to do, and I will do that, that makes a big difference. For instance, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 says, It is God's will that you keep away from sexual sin as a mark of devotion to him. Wow! Right there! How do you mince that one. How do you get around that one? So we must move in a direction of pleasing God rather 
than ourselves. Do you understand that we're in a fallen world? Do you understand that? And do you understand that even when we ask Christ to come into our life, that it doesn't make it easy to do what God would have us do? And this is why I guess I call this a never-ending process. Because each day, each moment, we have to test ourselves with what God would have us do. Because our desires are not always godly desires. When we ask Christ to come in to be Lord of our life, we're supposed to say, okay, he gets to make the decisions. We're following what he wants us to do. But I don't know about you, but I take parts of my life back. I don't lose my salvation, but I, I lose my blessing. Because the more I take back, the less I'm blessed. Because God knows about blessing. He knows how to do that. And you young people, I'm talking about you because you're getting in a position where, where you're starting to have all kinds of things going on with you. Some things you don't understand, some things you're discovering, some things that, wow, whoa. And you gotta look back and say, what direction do I go? And you gotta make a decision, what direction? So we must leave the old life because it does not get us where we want to go. But you can say, oh yeah, but I feel so good when I do the old life. When I get involved in the sexual immorality and the impurity and the lust and the evil desires and the greed and the idolatry, it feels so good temporarily. But I'm looking at a long-term picture. I'm looking at what will do us the most good for the longest amount of time. And that is putting to death the earthly nature. The new direction, then, is to walk with God. Okay, that's new direction. The second thing it tells us here is a new life must have a change of attitude. All right, get back on 512 with me. We're driving down 512. We know that we have a choice. By the way, do you realize you always have a choice? You always have a choice. And my choice on 512 is, am I going to Seattle or am I going to Portland? And the choice here then is a thing of, okay, what am I going to do? What is important to me? And, and this is an attitude thing. Because when we lay aside the old life, we need to have a new attitude. And this whole idea, look at verse 8, and then we'll look at verse 9 too. But look at verse 8 first. But now you must rid yourself, or some versions put, say, put aside. And, and this means kind of like you're putting aside your clothing. You're taking your shirt off. You're taking your shoes and socks off. You're, you're putting them aside. And if we allow these attitudes to go unchecked, if we don't put these things aside, then they build upon each other. So look at this. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Now, by the way, you look at the first set of things in verse 5, and you think, oh, boy, those are bad. But then you come to verse 8, and you say, oh, well, these aren't so bad. Which ones are bad in the sight of God? Both. I hate that. But what if I want to be angry? 
Now, yes, there is good anger and bad anger. If you want an excuse, there you go. I'm sure that was good anger. I just yelled at you. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? So put aside these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Well, that would have been a good verse to quote to the guy I was playing golf with last week. Remember I told you about him and he just had a really bad mouth? <laughs> Actually, it was kind of funny. But, but I could have said, oh, hey, now you must rid yourselves of all these things such as filthy language from your lips. See, I wouldn't tell him that, but I'll tell you that. All right? Because if you have Christ, these things are the old nature, the earthly way. And then verse 9, do not lie to each other. Well, how about just a little lie? Can we get that in there? But it's just a little one, a little white lie, as if that makes it better. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. See, a change of attitude. A change of, I want to put aside the whole life. I want to take on the godly life. I don't want to go to Portland. I want to go to Seattle. I don't care if Portland is saying, come, come, come. I'm going to Seattle. So we put off the old and we put on the new. You see, because bad attitudes leave to bad actions. Do we really think that God will bless us if we refuse to acknowledge these sins? If we say, you know, those other ones, those really bad ones I do, you know, I get rid of. God, we're like this. You know, we're together. Well, yeah, I know I get angry and there's rage in my life and there's malice and slander and filthy language, and, but, but, no buts. No, you have to change the attitude. Do you really want to enough follow God to change direction? Do you? And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, most of the time I do. See, but that's not good enough because God wants to be Lord of your whole life all the time. Are you ready to make that decision to let him do that? See, I guess as we list all of these things, our attitude toward others needs to be Christ-like. But what if I don't like them? Does it say our attitudes towards others need to be Christ-like unless you don't like them? Does it say that? No. Our attitude towards others needs to be Christ-like. That's our obligation, even if they don't deserve it. And some of them don't. And yet we're called to the higher standard. We're called to the point where we are seeking to be Christ-like. Well, let's look at the third thing. First thing was what now? We need a change of direction. Second thing was attitude. Okay, there's a D and an A. You know, it's easier if you remember these kind of things. 
The third one is with a P, and we need a change of purpose. A change of purpose. So whatever DAP is, isn't that some building something, you put DAP on it or something? It's called what? Caulking. A brand of caulking. Whatever caulking is. No, I know what caulking is. I really do. You didn't think I knew that kind of thing, did you? You're impressed by me, aren't you, Dennis? <laughs> you always. So we must have a change of purpose. We are called to be renewed to a true knowledge of Christ. Hmm. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Let's look at verse 9. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. See, it tells us what not to do. It tells us to put off that stuff, but it says put on this, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Okay, that's great. The only problem is, how do I get that knowledge? How do I know what they're talking about? How do we know that? Scripture. I mean, it's there for us. You can't say, well, pastor, I don't know what that is. Well, read the book. You get that idea? That in the book, we are told. Well, pastor, I don't like to read. Well, come to church then. I'll tell you. Yeah, but I don't like what you say. <laughs> See, I know. Because I don't like what I say. And yet we have to understand and see God's word and understand that is the direction that he would have us go. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. See, we cannot be transformed into an image we don't know about. We can't strive to be like Christ if we don't know what Christ is like. And so, well, however you do that, do it. But don't use that as an excuse for not being godly people. But you say, but that's so hard. Well, yeah. Doesn't good things come in hard ways often? I mean, life just doesn't hand you all this good stuff. You have to work at it. Do you have to work at being saved? No. That's God's part. You ask Jesus to come in, he comes in, you're saved. Do you have to work at being spiritually walking with God? Yes, you do. It's a joint thing. It's kind of like caulking. Okay, maybe not. I just thought, you know, it goes, goes into the joint, doesn't it? Ooh, that's good. You know, we could start a whole new sermon here. But it's something that we work together on with God, that we come and we do together. What does Romans chapter 12, verse 2 say? Do not be conformed. No, we don't want to be, we don't want, do not be transformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By what? The renewing of your mind. And then it goes on so that you'll know the perfect will of God and so on and so forth. There it is. We could talk on that verse every Sunday, couldn't we? 
Do not be conformed. Do not walk that earthly walk. So here I am on 512, and, I, and I'm coming to that spot, and I need to go in a certain direction, and I'm thinking I want to go to Seattle, but I'm sure thinking I'd like to go to Portland. And so my attitude has to change here and say, you know, I really want, God, what you want for my life. I really want that. And so you're saying, okay, I'm going to Seattle. Portland is not where you want me to be. Nothing against Portland, by the way. But Portland is not where you want me to be. So what is my purpose? Well, God, my purpose is to go see the Mariners win. <laughs> I know, that may not happen. But I'm never going to see the Mariners play if I go to Portland. I know the Portland team may be better than the Mariners, but that's another story. I need to have purpose in my life. The purpose is to follow God, to follow his direction. The attitude is, I want what you want for me, God. And the direction is the way he leads. I mean, that's what it's all about. And it comes down to one thing. And it comes down, do you trust God? Why does it always come to that? Because for us to make a change in our life, we have to come to the point where we are willing to trust something. And the only thing I know that I can trust, because everything lets me down somewhere along the way, is trusting God. To seek him in every area of my life. To let God have me. That I might pursue his agenda. And not my own. So... The last question comes, and I'll, I'll end with this. Do we want to have what we've always had? Or do we want something better? If you're like me, I can look at my spiritual walk and say, you know, it really could be better than it is. If that's my desire, then I have to make some changes. If that's my desire, then I have to do things a little bit differently than I've done them before, and yet I've gotten so used to doing them this other way. So the question is, how badly do you want to follow God? And are you willing to make that change? Let's pray. Oh God, those are difficult questions today, and Lord, you know our heart. You know our desire is to follow you and to be yours. And yet, things seem to look so good in other directions, so tempting. Lord, let me get my heart straight as to what I really, truly want. And may I walk to you. No, no, let me run to you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could have the ushers come forward now to receive the offering. I'm going to introduce to you a song that... Uh, don't worry about that. There was no money in it. Now I'm going to introduce to you a song that helps you take what Steve just said and, and the verses in Colossians and helps you to focus on, on changing. Even the first line of the song says, Into your hands... I commit again all I am for you, Lord. So it's, just, it's a worship song. I want you to think about it as a worship song. And I want you to just listen or join in, whatever you feel like doing. It's called With All I Am. <laughs> 